I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. From not being content with the nature of a character's demise, to spectators apparently having their attention pulled away from the action due to some bulging muscles, it's important to give the people what they want. But that still doesn't stop these test audience changes from being a tad strange. I'm Gareth from WhatCulture.com and here are 10 strange changes test audiences forced movies to make. Number 10. No one believes Sly can make that jump. Cliffhanger. Sylvester Stallone is a one-of-a-kind action hero. He's overcome the odds time and time again in a boxing ring as Rocky Balboa, regularly shown his one-man army capabilities as Rambo, and led a team of explosive icons in The Expendables. However, beating up terrifying Soviets and gunning down wave after wave of relentless enemies is one thing. Performing a 40-foot leap between two cliffs is something else entirely. And it ultimately proved to be an action too far for the usually convincing Sly. As early test audiences were left chuckling at the sight of Stallone pulling off this ridiculous feat in 1993's Cliffhanger. Instead of cutting the leap altogether, however, the decision was made to edit the jump so that the distance looked shorter. I mean, the movie still involves Stallone gorilla pressing a man into a spike and scaling a snowy mountain in a little t-shirt. But freakishly strong man jumps a little further than usual? That was clearly a leap too far. <laughs> Number 9. Kevin Costner's Privates Were Too Funny For Love of the Game in another case of audiences finding it too hard to resist the urge to laugh out loud during a test screening, here we have the time Kevin Costner's private parts were the unexpected butt of the joke. In its original form, Sam Raimi's For Love of the Game contained a scene which depicted Costner's Billy Chapel taking a shower in the buff. However, a birthday suit-wearing leading man on show in the cut would have likely been enough to secure the film an R rating. And this was something Universal Pictures were already cautiously aware of. So when those invited to test screenings for the film were left giggling at the sight of the baseball player's bits, said laughter ultimately acted as the final nail in the proposed scene's coffin, as Universal leaned towards creating a more PG-13 offering. It's worth noting that Costner himself was infuriated by Universal's decision to get rid of the scene, feeling their call merely highlighted how they lacked courage in wanting to give the film a more family-friendly image. Release the tackle cut anyone? No? Okay. Number 8. Stanley Tucci's death isn't violent enough. The Lovely Bones. You've likely heard of countless occasions when a test audience's reaction to a character's death has been met with an overwhelmingly negative response. 
However, this is usually due to the fact those in attendance would rather see said deceased personality live to fight another day. Yet that most definitely was not the case when it came to the demise of Stanley Tucci's George Harvey in Peter Jackson's The Lovely Bones. Quite the opposite, in fact. When it came time to screen the original cut of the film to folks in early screenings, Jackson was shocked and surprised by the amount of complaints he received when it came to the villain's conclusion. Audiences had grown to despise the character who rapes and murders a 14-year-old girl so much that they wanted to see him suffer much more during his death scene. So unable to reshoot the sequence, Jackson had to digitally tinker with the moment Tucci's Harvey falls off a cliff making it so his body slammed against the cliff face, bones broke on trees, and skull cracked on a rock. While still keeping the violence within the PG-13 parameters that Jackson wanted for the film eventually released. Number 7. The ending was too sugary for the UK, Pride and Prejudice If there's one thing a British audience apparently can't stand, it's that of a sickly sweet happy ending. Just makes us sick. Or at least that was the conclusion director Joe Wright came to after screening the original ending of his movie adaptation of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice to a number of, let's say, unlucky fans in the UK before its domestic release. Complaining that the final scene, which showcased Elizabeth Bennet and Mr. Darcy sharing a smooch and some excruciating dialogue beside the water, was unintentionally hilarious, the British test audience's response eventually resulted in this cringy scene being given the heave-ho domestically. Yet the director and Universal Pictures felt that the ending would still go down a treat with American viewers. Judging from the overall positive reaction to the sight of the couple locking lips under the moonlight in the US, it looks like this seemingly strange decision to keep the ending sugary stateside actually paid off in the end. Number 6. A Love Triangle Too Far Starship Troopers In what is likely more of a reflection on the type of audience which took in the early screenings of Paul Vorhaven's Starship Troopers than anything else, it turns out those initial viewers simply did not believe that a woman could love two men at the same time. Though there's still a few flickers of a love triangle between Carmen Ibanez, Xander Barcolo, and Johnny Rico in the film, Denise Richards' character was one much more torn between the two men in her life during the earlier cut of the film. The test audience's negative reaction to this version resulted in a number of scenes shedding more light on the love triangle being chopped out of the finished movie, with an immoral smooch between Carmen and Rico in particular being a notable casualty. Rico jumping into a new relationship with Dizzy Flores after being dumped by Carmen, though? That was apparently A-OK with those very same test subjects. Fancy that. Number 5. We're going to need a bigger explosion. Jaws the Revenge In the case of the fourth entry in the Jaws franchise, The Revenge, it soon became apparent that early audiences weren't fully on board with the way the underwater menace of the film was dispatched. In the original version of the flick, the great white delight met its end after Ellen Brody rammed the fish with Mike's boat, breaking apart said vessel via its dying flails. This proved to be a bit of a disappointing conclusion for those offering their feedback early on. With these folks clearly angling for something a bit more action-packed and jaw-dropping when it came to the shark's death at sea. So the decision was made to have the shark inexplicably explode upon being pierced by the boat instead. A sequence which was thrown together five days after the film's US release. Ready to unleash on those lucky fans across the pond. Number 4. The People Need More John Goodman 
Coyote Ugly. As you'll find with most feature films, it never hurts to add a little John Goodman into the equation. However, the folks behind Coyote Ugly were caught a little off guard by just how well Goodman went down with the early audiences they brought in to give their honest feedback on the original cut of this musical comedy film. In short, the test audience, primarily made up of women as they were the demographic Disney were aiming the film towards, absolutely adored Goodman's portrayal of Violet Sanford's dad, Bill, and wanted much more of him in the finished cut. Listening to these calls, a number of new scenes were filmed with Goodman and laced into the completed film that would later be released in cinemas. Though it was likely initially seen as a curious request in the eyes of the filmmakers, the decision to listen to what their audience wanted eventually paved the way for a typically on-form Goodman delivering even more of the goods throughout the runtime, and no doubt contributing to the film's eventual box office success. Number 3. Audiences caned James Caan's walk, Misery In a film jam-packed with torture, disturbing obsession, and murder, you'll probably be surprised to hear that all that was perfectly fine in the eyes of those selected to view the movie adaptation of Stephen King's Misery. Yet that didn't mean said early test audience didn't have any issues with Rob Reiner's unsettling flick to report. As it turns out, those who witnessed the movie before its official release weren't convinced that James Caan's captured author, Paul Sheldon, would have been able to get around as freely as he did post-escape in the original cut they were shown. After such a mentally and physically traumatic experience at the hands of Kathy Bates' overly devoted fan, they felt there needed to be a clearer indication of how he'd been permanently altered by the ordeal. So instead of having Sheldon just strut down the street unaided 18 months after this madness, Rayner was forced to go back and reshoot the closing scene involving the character walking into a restaurant, adding a cane into the mix to appease those incensed by his miraculous recovery. Number 2. The audience didn't care for Bruce Willis's happily ever after. Death becomes her. Another case of a test audience just not being content with a happily ever after. Here we have that time Bruce Willis was denied a joyous on-screen marriage by those getting an early glimpse. Well, specifically Willis's character of Ernest Menville in Robert Zemeckis' Death Becomes Her. The film eventually released to audiences saw Ernest ultimately fleeing warring immortal rivals Madeline Ashton and Helen Sharp, played by Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn respectively, before we finally meet back up with him on the day of his funeral 37 years later. Bummer. However, the features shown to early audiences had Ernest run off with a waitress portrayed by Tracy Ullman, with the pair getting married and sharing their lives together. Madeline and Helen would then catch up to the couple 27 years on, far from relishing their immortality. Combined with the negative test response, Zemeckis also wasn't a big fan of the initial ending, so Ullman's character was completely chopped out of the movie and Ernest was fast-forwarded to the grave instead. Number 1. Tyler Hecklin's abs were too distracting, Palm Springs Just when you think you know precisely what Palm Springs has in store for you, the infinite time-loop comedy-drama sci-fi love story slaps you in the face with an unexpected twist. The shocking reveal in question, and obviously major spoilers ahead, comes in the form of the moment we realize that Kristen Milioti's Sarah Wilder is now being forced to wake up time and time again on the morning of her sister's wedding, after sleeping with her sibling's husband-to-be the night before. Awkward. However, in the early screenings of the film, Andy Samberg revealed that audiences were so distracted by Tyler Hecklin's chiseled abs in the big reveal that it took some of the drama away from the staggering sequence. 
So the creators behind the film had no choice but to colour correct the star's body and tone down his impressively ripped physique for the finished product. Who knew there was such a thing as being too shredded, huh? Well, that's my excuse. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.